This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here and around the world. This month of November, we have had viewers from 73 countries and from the war zones of Ukraine and Iran, and we're close to breaking through 223,000 subscribers. So I send to all of you from all of us, including Chocolate and Fluffy who are playing downstairs, a big hug and prayers for peace and protection in this time of Thanksgiving while disturbing, violent events continue to take place around our country and the world. Amid the physical violence is the growing question in the United States. Is our government of, by, and for the people sustaining or evolving toward autocratic rule where truth is classified and truth hunters are vulnerable to intimidating home and office searches? For example, a couple of weeks ago, I received a heads up that the dreamlandresort.com website run by Jurg Arnu had not been updated since November 6, 2022, based in Rachel. On November 10th, investigative reporter George Knapp at the CBS affiliate Channel 8 in Las Vegas tweeted, quote, FBI agents came down hard on the operator of a popular website devoted to all things Area 51, its programs, lore, and legacy. More than a dozen agents served a no-knock warrant on the Rachel Nevada home of Jorg Arnu, owner of dreamlandresort.com. They seized all computers, files, phones, photos. At the same time, another team of a dozen or more agents stormed into Arnu's Las Vegas home, seized all digital devices and files, and held his girlfriend at gunpoint, close quote. And now, this past weekend of November 19th to 20th, Jurg Arnu himself released his firsthand account, quote, Area 51 webmasters home vandalized by FBI and you could add AFOSI, and continues, quote, I am Jorg Arnu, owner and webmaster of the Dreamland Resort website, the largest Area 51 website since 1999. On Thursday, November 3rd, 2022, in the early morning, my homes in Rachel, Nevada, just outside of Area 51, and in Las Vegas were raided by a joint force of FBI and AFOSI, which is Air Force Office of Special Investigations. This happened without any warning. The doors were busted open and the homes were ransacked by over a dozen FBI and AFOSI agents at each location. My girlfriend and I, who are two unarmed, innocent, cooperating senior citizens, were manhandled like hardened criminals, and we are still traumatized from the events. All my computer equipment, several laptops, backup drives, camera gear, a drone, and many other items were seized. 
there was also significant damage to both homes. I was never given a reason for the raid, nor have I been charged with a crime. I believe the reason for the raid was primarily to send a message to fellow Area 51 researchers and to discourage others from looking too deeply into the secrets of Area 51. I was told that there is virtually zero chance of being reimbursed for the damage and that it is highly unlikely that the seized items will be returned. I estimate my total cost at $20,000 to replace the seized equipment and $7,000 to repair the damage. I was left with no computer, no phone, and all medical and financial records, passwords, contacts, and all other digital records were lost forever. Faced with the need to replace at least some of the equipment as to have the doors repaired to secure our homes, I see no other option but to ask for your help. I also expect substantial legal expenses. For more information on the raid, please see my website at www.dreamlandresort.com. And if you are so included, please help us out with a donation. Thank you. Close quote. And I will try to continue to bring you updates on this FBI and AFOSI raid of Jurg Arnu's two homes in Rachel and Las Vegas, as George Knapp at Channel 8 in Las Vegas will as well. Eight years ago, in June of 2014, I was in Canada to speak at the Toronto Space Centre during a Modern Knowledge Conference, and my presentation began, quote, For at least 73 years since World War II, men, women, and children from all over this planet have described encounters with beams of light and a strange variety of humanoid entities that transport humans to brightly glowing round rooms and then the humans become conscious of lying on a table with variously shaped beings, short or tall, conducting medical-like procedures that can include the implantation of a tiny monitoring technology under the skin or inside tissue beneath the skin. At that 2014 conference, Toronto TV director Sid Goldberg now an executive producer at Gaia in Louisville, Colorado, introduced me to a mother and a daughter who attended to find help about a hard object beneath the daughter Natalie's upper skin of her right arm. Since Natalie was nine years old in 1989, she had complained about a hard object in her right arm after she saw in her bedroom a flash of bright white light one night at the same time that she felt a shooting pain in her right arm about six inches down from the top of her right shoulder. Natalie said, quote, I was paralyzed. I've been having sleep paralysis off and on my entire life. There was a flash of white light and I was a little frightened. And then I had a shooting pain in my right arm. A few days later, I saw something under my arm skin and it felt hard like a BB gun pellet." Close quote. Her father, 
led a top-secret military project during her childhood while he was a, a civilian contractor. And Natalie had heard about UFO abductees who ended up with mysterious implants in their bodies. Some investigators thought they were tracking devices for extraterrestrial intelligences, and Natalie worried that she had an ET implant shown here in her upper right arm. Before the hypnosis started, Sid placed a strong neodymium magnet on top of the hard object in Natalie's arm, and it stuck right to her skin above the hard implant. He tried moving the magnet around, but as soon as it was moved at all, it fell to the floor. The magnet stayed firm only directly on top of the hard object in her arm, implying the alien implant was metallic. Then, during an hypnotic regression, Natalie was brought back to the moment of being a nine to 10-year-old child lying in bed. She remembered some beings surrounding her, but she could not identify their faces beyond what you see in this illustration here. Natalie also sensed being lifted up into a bright light, and then she yelled, no, in a raw primal scream. After that regression brought back some of Natalie's 24 years of suppressed memories, she and Sid Goldberg wanted to find out what the implant was made of and why it attracted the neodymium magnet. So Sid Goldberg contacted McMaster University in Canada and arranged for a surgical removal of the object and recorded the procedure. The surgeon, after removing the implant, said, quote, it looks synthetic. It doesn't look like something that was just random, just a shard or a piece of shrapnel or anything like that. It looks like it was made, close quote. The hard implant measured two by five millimeters. Cut out, it was just two tiny balls joined together by fibrous skin. And the pathologist, during the thin three micron layer cuts, was surprised when the cutting blade became damaged as if hitting its blade against metal. Here is the removed implant floating in formalin solution trailing some thin strands of tissue that might have connected the implant to surrounding tissue in Natalie's arm. The hard implant itself was encased in very sticky, thick collagen. And then came a surprise. Once the implant was removed and placed here in a bottle of formalin embalming fluid to preserve tissues, there was no more magnetic attraction when magnets were placed near the glass container. Why did the magnetism dissipate? And what caused it in the first place? And why are three neodymium magnets sticking to this woman's nose and left temple? Kate Thorvaldsen is 53 years old, was born in Norway in 1969, and now is a published author based in Lunde, Norway, 72 miles southwest of Oslo. Her most recent published biography, available at Amazon.com, is A Hybrid's Story, released in March of 2019. 
One night, at age three in 1972, Kate vividly remembers the gray-skinned being with big black eyes that suddenly showed up next to her crib. In her illustration, she drew a craft with another being in it outside the bedroom window. The being next to her crib was silent, but Kate remembers thoughts and feelings coming into her young three-year-old mind. She thought he was checking to make sure that she was okay. And over the past 50 years, since that three-year-old encounter, Kate has continued to have interactions with other intelligences. Sid Goldberg suggested Kate get strong neodymium magnets with a nine kilogram weight pull to find out if they would stick to her skin like Natalie's arm magnet did and in what patterns. Here, five neodymium magnets stuck above implants embedded in Kate's upper chest in a very smooth curved pattern of equally spaced magnets. In other words, the magnets are only where they are because an implant is directly under the magnet. If you move the magnet a tiny degree, they will just fall. They are in this pattern because of the implants that are under the skin and in the tissue. Here is Kate showing a sketch on her right of the magnet distribution on her whole body at the UFO Congress this past September in Barcelona, Spain. That's where I first saw Kate's x-ray of three magnets in her right shoulder that marked the location of three mysterious implants below her skin. Here I have these tiny little deoninum magnets. They are quite strong. They are not any magnets that you put on the fridge. They can actually hold nine kilos, after what I've told. So my friend Sid Goldberg, he said that buy those magnets and stick them on the places where you think that you perhaps can have uh, implants. And of course, normally when you're testing it, it's important that your skin is clean, uh, not too warm, not too cold, as neutral as possible, then you stick them on to see if... And of course, sometimes you can really look carefully because if they are even a half centimeter off the point, they will fall off. But my nose is the strongest point, so it will not fall off. And medically, they have not found an explanation for why that should stick on the bridge of your nose. No. So if I do it on the other side, it will be the same thing here. And if, yeah. and if you come down further, how will it stick all along your nose? Until only a, a very specific part of your, the bridge of your nose. Yeah. Now, what else? Cheeks, forehead? Anything? I have two here. Can you show? No, um, it's too much makeup. They will not stick. So, but the nose is the best area to stick them. But on the picture, you can see I have here, here on my nose, two here, five in the front, and all the way down my spine, and also a few areas in the front. And you've discovered all of those places by yourself, or did somebody just put them all over you? And no, then I had some f help from a friend. So we were going on a little research party as long as we bothered actually to do it. <laughs> and does the x-ray that was taken medically match all of those spots that you have had them stick? So far, yes. And what was just any reaction from a medical person looking at your x-ray? They were just, wow. But of course, they will not put their, uh, their name on it. 
So they are just backing off. What are they afraid of? They don't want to have their education and their name put together with the UFO. Um, I'm not sure if the, magnet, if the implants are also there to help me out with the, come to the physical condition. Because in my family, it runs with a super high, uh, high blood pressure. We're talking about 200, about above 120. Oh my gosh. This type. And my mother, she has uh, severe heart problems. And a lot of uh, her brothers, sisters, and uncles, and so on, they have died just passing 50. Um, I'm not using any kind of med medicine or anything. I also have three implants as a triangle under my heart area. They also had a connection with, with a guy that was a chiropractor, and he also had this x-ray machine in the back room. And of course, uh, no one of this kind of people or doctors, they want to have their name associated with implants or aliens. So they were sneaking me into the office from the, from the back door, and they were not even putting me in the records. But they, yeah, they took the pictures. But do you still have any sense now, you've gone through all of this, yet at an intuitive level, why are the Greys doing this? For me, I think that they have been helping me up in one way or another to do the astrophysics, cosmology, these kind of things. I have no education at all on this topic, but I'm working on a brand new book on it that is called The Creation, where physics and the consciousness meet. And could you help us understand, because um, I too have written a lot about that the key to the whole universe is frequency and frequency resonance. I'm convinced that that is the key. In your own experience doing this book, what is it that you're going to try to share with the human family? It's more like how we are, how everything is connected, um, how the so-called physics or the how called the so-called physical and the consciousness work together and then and there's nothing the one thing can't be without the other and uh, when it comes to explaining this stuff in in english it's very difficult because it's very difficult even to explain this stuff in norwegian and a lot of the stuff that i'm doing is so new and so different that some people when they ask me can you explain this simple part or that simple part and I can't because you have to understand with the beginning and then do the whole process before you can get to the point where you actually will understand the other things. Are you dealing with uh, reincarnation? Um, not in this topic here, but, uh, it, it, but it's a natural thing. That, that it's a thing that can be naturally explained into this whole area. And what, how would you explain to, say, a general audience what perspective you have now on the relationship of reincarnation, the recycling of souls, to you as a human, but to the greys that have been interacting with you? Why well, are they doing this? The thing is that uh, our consciousness that is working through this body, or your body, or everyone else's body, we're all linked together at the same uh, particle level, if I shall use that kind of expression just to try to make the image. And the aliens or doesn't matter what kind of a life form, we are all stuck to the same, same field underneath, the, the, the visible one that we are seeing. So who is benefiting from studying the links of frequencies among humans? I think that this is uh, something everyone should know.
because the, the more everyone know about themselves and what they're coming from and who they are in, in the basics and that when we die uh, it's just a physical part of us that dies and we come back again and we, we will we are internal so um, then, then, then I think that the humanity will look differently at ourselves the more they understand. Do you feel in 2022 September that there is a threat to Earth? No, I don't think so. I think that the biggest threat perhaps must be ourselves. Self-destruction. Yeah. Well, okay, flip the coin around. Have you had any dream or any kind of image in your mind's eye that would relate to beings or another intelligence trying to show you if humans don't do this, this is what's going to happen. Have you had any warnings like that? Not that I can remember, actually. They have been teaching me in perhaps in a more different way instead. Instead of we are all, all the time looking outside to find the answers, but we are the answer are in ourselves. And if you want to know how the future will go for, let's say, the humanity, we can just start looking at the common brainwave of the society. And one thing is one brainwave for what we are creating one person, but when a bigger society, that kind of brain pattern or that pattern will become quite strong and big. And now this pattern is more or less globalized. So then it's making it even more stronger. Well, right now, I think that most people would say it feels like the timeline of Earth has been chopped up and turned into confetti. There is just so much strife, stress, conflict. Uh, a lot of people say they've never known life on Earth like this before. Mm. Would you have any sense of why this moment feels so treacherous in a strange way and what could be coming after? Well, the thing is that there's a much, much bigger picture to all of this. If you look at the old history of Earth, when the, uh, when the world is getting warmer and cooler and goes in like waves like this, and the same thing is with humanity and their wars and their, how aggressive they are. The warmer the Earth is getting, the more aggressive we get. So it will go up and cool down. So, But the only problem with humanity that is that we have nuclear bombs and we have a little bit too many weapons to destroy ourselves in a little bit too many times, so that makes it even more critical than, let's say, for 2,000 years ago when, when we were running around with an axe or something like that. It didn't have the same impact on the world as we can do now. I've had various sources say extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA in already evolving primates to create Homo sapiens. Mm. That would mean that our creation is an extraterrestrial exercise or test. When I say those words to you, what comes to mind for you? I think that we, we can absolutely be, be an alien ourselves here on Earth. But we are, also do, we are also evolving all the time. There's nothing that stands still. So we are evolving, aliens are evolving, plants, everything is evolving, so. Why do you think that the power brokers of the planet centuries ago and now currently the Department of Defense, why have they never ever told humanity the truth? You are a genetic creation from extraterrestrial beings in this universe. 
Well, it's quite easy actually, then they will lose the power. If every person knew what kind of power they actually have while creating stuff from their own brain, from their own brain waves and, and etc., if they seriously knew that, how powerful they are, the church or the governments or everyone else, they will lose the power over them. Right now, we are more like zombies under every commercial or everything we have been taught in life. And your own experiences, the magnets, the being aware that something else is interacting, but you don't have answers. No. And yet in 2022, you've lived at least half a century approximately. And could you speak to the general family of humanity about where you see things going from here, given the fact that so many people feel that it's the end of the world time? The first thing you can do is to figure out who you are. That's the most important, because if you don't know who you are, then you will never know your power. Then you just follow the rest of the crowds and you can't change nothing. But so you, see, that's part of the abuse of power brokers for millennia refusing to let the whole family of humanity know the truth that they know, that we are a genetically created species that is experimented with by extraterrestrial biological entities, mm. that that is the truth. And so now in 2022, 8 billion people on planet Earth are denied that fact. Mm. It is still not an official policy, yes, now we're going to tell you the truth. And it seems to me that the impact of that kind of denial of information by power brokers is a serious abuse. Let's say that the people with the power told the people that, okay, you do have, you have the power. The, thing, the problem would be that the most people, they will not understand it. It takes a long, long time to integrate the understanding of your own power. It's like if someone has told you your, your entire life that, oh, say, let's say you're ugly or you're stupid. You will not change that belief just because someone tells you that you are, you are looking good or you are smart. It takes a long time to change it. But the only, only one who can change it is you. And but, but you have to be awake and start the process to find out who you are and then get the power and then you can change things. Yeah, beyond human power brokers. Who else, in your experience, even if it has been only at night in a dream, who do you think could be benefiting from the ignorance of planet Earth? I think that is a typical human thing. For us to always operate in ignorance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think there are beings out there that take advantage of that. <laughs> Can be, yes. Kate called her 2019 book a hybrid story because she considers herself to be a genetic hybrid of the blonde, blue-eyed Nordics and Homo sapien. And I want to share with you all a message that I recently received from a retired aerospace engineer, this is a brand new piece of information, who says he once worked side by side with a Nordic and side by side with a tall white from other solar systems in our region of the Milky Way galaxy that I show here in my evolving star map. Quote, 
it comes down to the human race on earth being somewhat protected by two groups that want to see us make it and join our celestial neighborhood. It's really that straightforward. We, us earth humans, are a product of a genetic experiment that was set up here on earth approximately 278 million years ago. We are truly a blended bunch. We put blended in quotes because we humans are the ET offspring of sorts. The Scandinavian looking Nordics do most of the policing and are more of a military type group, while our other working group, the tall whites, are much more hands-on technically speaking. The Nordics work much more closely with JSOC, the Joint Special Operations Command, to keep everyone involved knowing about the movements of a danger, the hostile trontoloid insects from Epsilon Eridani that I have done reports about at Earth Files before. The Nordics understand and try to control the time manipulations that the trontoloid advanced technology can manipulate and create different time frames, which is why I referred to time chopped up into confetti in my interview with Kate. The Nordics provide a type of security over our deep space exploration and travel. And it is the tall whites that help us with the technology it takes to achieve the goals of deep space exploration. Both groups, Nordics and tall whites, are always on all three U.S. Space Force deep quantum tunneling starships at all times. And those three starships I've also reported about, the USS Curtis LeMay, the USS Roscoe Hillenketter, and the USS Hoyt Vandenberg. Nordics are on craft in our atmosphere, keeping watch out for different craft. They're looking for friendly, neutral, or hostile. Before the monitored craft jump to a different time frame and disappear, leaving a time frame signature that could be the hostile trontoloid insects who the tall whites and the blonde Nordics know how to block, close quote. I hope all of you will go to amazon.com to order Kate Thorvaldson's biography, A Hybrid Story. And I want to thank Alan Steinfeld, producer of New Realities, Neil Gower, producer of 2023 Portal to Ascension Conference coming up in April of 2023, and James Carmen documentary director and photographer for making it possible to do recorded video interviews during the UFO Congress in Barcelona, Spain in September. And I want you all to know tonight that my Earth Files YouTube channel is now going to be available as a weekly podcast. Episodes will be released starting this coming week every Thursday after the live Wednesday broadcast. Go to podcast.earthfiles.com or search for Earth Files in your favorite podcast app. We'll put a link in the show notes for everyone to use from now on. 
So join me live on Wednesday nights and listen to the Earth Files podcast again on Thursdays and beyond. And it would be wonderful to meet a lot of you in the matter world at the upcoming 2023 Conscious Life Expo at the LAX Hilton in Los Angeles on February 10th to 13th in the new year. For tickets to keynote workshops, special events, panel discussions, and the post-conference, and they're all so much fun, please go to ConsciousLifeExpo.com forward slash tickets forward slash highlight red link. And then in April on the weekend of the 22nd to the 24th of 2023, when scientists studying the James Webb Telescope might make breaking news that a planet in the TRAPPIST-1 solar system about 40 light years from Earth has a chemistry that links to biological life, we could all be at the Portal to Ascension Conference in San Diego, California, when the headlines break. For tickets and registration to Portal to Ascension, go to the HTTPS forward slash forward slash ascensionconference.com forward slash highlight red link. And Ian, it has been a pleasure to take a bunch of different ingredients and put them together tonight longer than normal. But I'm hoping that everybody is beginning to see bigger pictures from these various facets, which is the way I feel like I live every day, is finding facets and trying to put them together in bigger pictures to communicate to you. And this was an extraordinary one, I think, to put together. And Ian, I throw it back to you to talk with us all that we made it 73 countries in this just so far in November. What else have you learned? Good evening, Linda. We've had 70 people have been contacting us in the last 28 days from 73 different countries. And even tonight in the audience tonight, we've got people from Austria, Canada, the United States, United Kingdom, Romania, Israel, Brazil, and Bahamas too. Well, it's fantastic um, because what this all needs to be is a world dialogue. Uh, and I hope that everything keeps evolving toward more and more larger pictures. And uh, I hope that everybody appreciated all of this and that Kate's uh, book and the new one that she is working on, uh, that she is going to be looking at the links of all the frequencies in the universe, which comes up in the discussions about Bohm and Roger Penrose. It's the same thing. She is a hybrid. She is a contactee, but she is a, also a human who is beginning to see that the universe and our minds and our consciousness can work together. And that is, I think, one of the big steps that has happened to a lot of people in the abduction syndrome. Yes, that's right. It's fascinating to see the demonstration with the magnets. I think Kate yeah. says that she's got about 25 different 
locations on her body which are symmetrical right, as well on both sides of her body. Yeah, in fact, I think that she said in one of the updates that she might actually have 30, 30, uh, and that is by going around in very minute detail with the uh, neodymium magnet and just finding, it, it, you're letting your body with whatever's in it lead the placement of the magnets because they're only attracted to the spots where a high, some sort of uh, implant has been put. That's right. And also, she had the triangular implant in her neck. Uh, one of the viewers has suggested or asked us, uh, did, the removed, uh, did the implant move around uh, like Whitney Strieber's did? Well, Kate right. describes on her website about when she put a magnet onto that implant and she could move it under her skin. Well, and I think I mentioned this a few months ago, um, and it goes back, I believe it was in Missouri. It was one of the uh, Midwestern states. And I talked to a man who went to a bloodless, trackless animal mutilation. And it was not long, I talked with him not long after he had been there. And he said, just like you have reported and show in your books and videos, Linda, there were excisions and they were totally bloodless. They were totally dry. And he was bending over the animal and he was taking one of his hands and he was trying to feel the edge because in the 1960s and the 1970s, lots of the edges of the mutilation animals were serrated, like you would take pinking shears and cut. They literally like, are like this, and you've, I've got photos of those in uh, An Alien Harvest and Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 1. And so he's putting his hand down to feel the edge of the excision that is dry, and all of a sudden it scared him. Something moved right under the hide coming down into the exposed tissue. And at first, he is, as he told me, he said, I just sprung back. And then I went forward and Linda, I could see something moving underneath the hide of this animal. And there was no way for me to get to it unless I took a knife and I started trying to cut through the hide and I would be destroying the evidence of the animal. And he said, I figured it had to come out somewhere, but it never did. And he asked me, have you ever heard of moving implants in anything, humans, animal? And yes, it, this is not the only case, but it was the most memorable because he called me uh, not very long after. And can you imagine leaning over a, a mutilated animal and having something start moving right along the edge and then underneath the hide. And that, that means that whatever the implants are, meaning are they powered by something internally? Are they self-activating software is my guess, that they operate 100% at a high-end artificial intelligence level. And that the uh, implants, we'll call them that, the implants in the mutilated animals are totally self, uh, self-driving, self-moving, uh, self-extracting, whatever it is that they do.
That's right. Uh, Kate actually says that, uh, that that was a big wow moment for her when she realised that the, uh, the implant in her neck was moving. Yeah. Uh, we've got some people in the chat tonight have said, for example, Kelly Larson says, I have three implants, one in my left ear, one in my right ear, and one in my right sinus cavity. The one in my left ear makes a high-pitched popping sound at times, like touching two exposed wires together. Uh, can she uh, email me at earthfiles at earthfiles.com tonight about what are the instances, what was happening around all three or at the same time or one, two, three, or what was the sequence of her being aware of the implants, what was happening around the interaction with, was it with beings, was it with light? I would really like to know more about this story and then if she could put in a phone number, I would like to call her. That would be just to me at earthfiles at earthfiles.com. That's right. We'd like to uh, speak to um, speak to her and uh, find out what what uh, what she's finding. <laughs> Somebody is calling on our phone connection to Eric in uh, Canada. But go ahead, Ian. Hey, Linda. Does um, D. Wilson says? Does anyone hear electronic mechanical sounds in their head, like circuits chirping or R two D two? I'm reminded as well that Kate said that uh, she had hypersensitivity to sound after one of her experiences That's right. when she was actually listening to, she could hear a ticking noise from a CD player, fluorescent lights were buzzing to her, and when she put a, a, a mobile phone charger into a socket, she could hear a sort right. of like a, a popping background noise, right. high-pitched noise as well. Uh, I have always been fascinated by the idea that extraterrestrial intelligence that may be the ones that created the standing up humanoids on Earth, and if they did, uh, Homo erectus was two million years ago, and then all of the various varieties leading up to Cro-Magnon, Homo sapiens sapien, that they would know everything there is to know about how we are put together and what uh, happens inside brain ear, eye, everything, right? And it is intriguing that in the about 3,000 people that I've interviewed since 1979 in the abduction syndrome, it is the variations that people have in both what they see in their mind's eye, what they hear internally in their ears, uh, what they feel on their skin. There are all kinds of facets of what various people in abductions feel. And one of the most common, I'd be throw this out to everybody who is here tonight, uh, one of the most common is that either in the left ear or the right ear, they become aware as if there was clicking. And some people have even said to me, you know, uh, little kids, they, they have these little clicking metal things and they click it up and down and it has a click sound, that an ear will suddenly have two or three clicks. And the person who experiences it for the first time, they, they are totally shocked and they don't understand what's happening. A year later, if you talk to them again, they will say there is some kind of 
consciousness. It is as if the implant becomes clicking. Maybe it'll go for days, but there is something about the abductee feeling that some kind of monitoring or adjustment is related to one of these clicking uh, implants. Now, what I don't know, and if anybody listening would have information, has anybody had one of the clicking implants ever removed from their ear or a part of their head? That's where they, that's where I relate them as, as existing in this field. And what did it look like? I mean, in other words, you'd have to have some kind of sophisticated surgery to get it out if anybody did that. What would it look like? And then how would it be made? And what could its function be? And probably most likely all of these implants fall into the category of self-activating software. Every atom, every molecule of it is involved in the programming. That's why it's called self-activating software. And that goes back to Isaac uh, back in uh, the uh, 2007, 8, 9, somewhere in there. Uh, and he was the one who contacted me and contacted uh, Coast to Coast and uh, let us have the document that he said that they had extraterrestrial technology in an underground lab in Palo Alto, California, near Stanford the university where I got my master's. And he said, you would never guess this huge lab, government lab uh, with hired scientists that was studying self-activating software from extraterrestrial technology and trying to back engineer. And he said, you would have to be given a very specific instruction to even find the building. He said, because you could drive and drive and drive around Palo Alto in that area. And he said, this would only look like a small library in, in a bunch of trees because everything was underground. So if anybody uh, has any experience with this strange clicking uh, implant, uh, get in touch with me and you can email me directly at earthfiles at earthfiles.com and if you put in the subject line November 23rd broadcast I will always open those first the date of the broadcast and Ian helps me tremendously uh, with going into comments and chat notes and uh, Ian also can interface but tonight we're talking about something that if anybody has any personal one-on-one -on -one experience with the strange range of implants, I would really appreciate an earthfiles at earthfiles.com email with how to get back in touch with you and you tell, talk to me. Okay, Ian, what else have we got? Larson is going to be emailing you. She's going to be doing just that. So look Great. out for her email. We've Great. also got uh, uh, the super chats to do for this evening. We've got Moonbird, Terry D, JJ Lancy, Cindy Vol, Camp Freedom, Tessa Poe, Jessica Rodriguez, Susie Fairfield. Thank you very much. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> it's coffee. <laughs> uh, 
And Linda, we've got Doug Oliver in the chat, says, can you ask Linda her thoughts on whether the FBI raid may coincide to some what some are saying is a trend to rein in ufology in order to co-opt a threat narrative, perhaps used in official channels? It concerns me greatly. How many of us would be affected the way Jurg is in Rachel in Las Vegas? And I never thought ever in the life that I have had in the United States of America up to the past four to five years, I could never imagine of all the work that I have done and what Jurg has done and others. We're trying to understand facts about a clear, a clear uh, presence, an alien presence in a variety of forms, shapes, and artificial intelligence that is interacting with our planet right this very second, have been for thousands of years, for at least 270 million years, and probably longer if you go to John Brandenburg and the dating of the uh, radioisotopes on Mars that he thinks that the uh, 180 million year on Mars is a fair figure for what they have measured in uh, some meteorites. And 180 million is actually quite young to a 4.6 billion year old Earth. So it is, uh, we are at, I, I was hesitating because I would rather be able to talk, I would rather be able to discuss openly in an honest, factual way with the people who have the knowledge that they have had since World War II that was completely and totally locked down, no one was to ever know because there have been all the concerns that the ETs were demons and that we were dealing with uh, religious parables and everything that has happened in the last 85 years. That was a big problem. Today, to me, there is no question that there, this universe is teeming with consciousness and that in Kate's place, let's, let's go to her, um, she is, uh, I don't think, happy is exactly the right word. She has accommodated the concept that we humans are a genetic experiment by very advanced extraterrestrials going back millions of years. That they've made all kinds of things. They've been using the Earth as a laboratory. That's what the DIA guy told me in 1999 that I've talked to you all about many, many times. I think that was the single most brilliant discussion with another human being about all of this I've ever had. Seven hours with a man retiring from the DIA after 23 years and all of the things that he told me I think were absolutely true and the, the scope of it. Well, he and I had a very, very, very good discussion and I've had many with many other people in military and aerospace and government and when I say why we're 
in the 22nd century? Why can we not learn this truth? And Kate, in her wiseness, meaning wisdom, she is very wise, very smart. When she said, well, it's easy because the power brokers then lose power. Well, what kind of planet are we going to live on for the rest of this century and beyond if the planet survives the power brokers that apparently want to nuke each other? It seems like we are at some profound crossroads. I personally think I am convinced that if the entire 8 billion planet, meaning 8 billion souls and bodies, could all be told the whole truth at the same time, that the vast majority of people would say, I told you so, and that we might be able to move then into a more literal democratic planet than one that is constantly controlled by authoritarian thinkers who want to keep everything to themselves for power, while the vast majority are looked at as only to do the work for the power brokers. And to me, I use that word abuse. I think it is abuse. Others will argue, Linda, people are not sophisticated enough to handle the introduction of extraterrestrials to planet Earth. All of you here tonight, just think about that question. Would you be interested? Would you be curious? Would you like to be there for the introduction of tall whites and tall Nordics to the Earth? And to learn about why the Trontoloids are considered to be such a threat from people who actually study them? and all the other beings. There might be 68 different species just in this side of the Milky Way galaxy. And we're still on a planet that people pay money inside of governments to keep all of the truth for another century, another century, another century from evolving humans. And then they wonder why people get angry. They wonder why humans murder other humans. We're living in an extremely artificial, strange, strange time. If all of the truth could open up in April of 2023 and we moved overnight into what should have happened a long time ago, my personal feeling is it might actually reduce the hatred and reduce all the killings. We're now what? We've got group kills every single day in the United States. So I hope for those of us who would really, really like to know the truth, whatever it is, that it will happen in April in 2023. Okay. I think we're almost, we started a little bit late. So 
Ian, I'll take another question. Yeah, I just wanted to say as well that we've posted the links to the two upcoming conferences in the show notes tonight underneath the show. Good. It would be incredible if some of us were in San Diego together at the uh, Portal to, uh, to Ascension conference and we actually got breaking news, biology signature on the third or fourth planet in TRAPPIST-1. It has to be biological life. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Tammy Busden says, yes, I think it's past time to have this announcement uh, on the different aliens and who is benign and who is hostile. I agree with you completely. I want to know the truth. Thank you. Thank you. What else, Ian? Where are you? Ian, where did you go? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> it sounds like, Linda Young says, it sounds like electronics switching off when I come out of sleep, like someone is aware I'm becoming aware of them listening to my brain. So they abruptly cut off the connection. I'm an abductee. Oh, would you please ask her while we're still on the air, when she uh, hears the, um, we'll call it the implant, um, does she also have images come through this part? When, when I talk about the mind's eye, uh, because when you are breaking down experiences with abductees, it's very important to constantly ask, what are you seeing in your mind's eye? And they usually compare it to like a screen that is outside of their forehead, or it is a, it's like movies that are running through their consciousness and they are, their, their whole attention is on the movies. And that is extremely important. And often those events happen within two weeks of any abduction. So I would very much like to know if she has had the movies or the images or the three-dimensional symbols or the dots with lines coming here in front of her forehead. Okay, that, yes, she should contact us directly at earthfiles at earthfiles.com. Uh, Eugenia Lynn says, I know they are here. We are here, we are watching, and everything will be okay. That was the message given telepathically after showing me their ship, how it flushed in and out, letting me know they are right by us. Please ask her to tell us right now which shape of shift and which type of being. Can she? Please, please put it in the chat if you can. Eugenia Lynn, we'd like to know what type of ship and what beings were involved. Wouldn't it be fun if we had the technology that we could have these dialogues directly? It would be, but that would mean around the world. But wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Which is what um, conferences on, I guess, on big, big events. But I just would love to hear what you have to say right now. But I will be uh, looking for all your various emails about these issues. They're really important. And look at it this way, too. I can't believe that we're going to descend into autocratic behavior of FBI, AFOSI, and others uh, breaking down doors, breaking in windows, because they haven't told the world the truth. And that if we together going forward, if we begin to understand that there are 
certain patterns of characteristics. There are different types of beings. There may only be one or two. Maybe the whole reptilians are more aggressive. Maybe they are a problem. But the insects at Epsilon Eridani, which is 10 and a half light years from here, my understanding is they are the biggest concern because they have absolutely no uh, ethical emotion. They're just intelligent, vastly advanced intelligences that just chew their way through wherever they want to go. And that the Nordics and the tall whites, if we could be introduced, and clearly telepathy, I guess has to be one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe it can be a few others, or maybe up to a, a group. But those are things that we would have to begin to be taught we'd have to be educated about. Uh, and, and then I think this is where the power brokers, they don't want to lose control of their human subjects. Maybe a harsh word, but that's the way we're treated many times. And at the level of telepathy and the level of their having entire craft, the entire craft is AI. It's self-activating software. Their buildings are self-activating software. Everything is self-activating. Everything is programmed. All of that can be taught to us, and then we would continue to evolve with them working in starships, and eventually, planet Earth would be brought up to speed, but maybe quickly it might reduce things like the Putin uh, vicious attack on Ukraine and other parts of the world where there are problems. And learning about the implants, learning about what you see in your mind's eye, whenever you, there's a sound, a smell, uh, a shadow, a beam. And we all start learning this uh, landscape together. Then it might help all of you as we see what continues to evolve. So cheers that the Webb Telescope will report a biological signature from the Trappist solar system in April or May and we'll get the headline and it will be 40 light years away. So it will leave everybody a lot of distance and then scientists hopefully will start teaching all of us on planet Earth about the TRAPPIST-1 solar system and the life forms that are there that are intelligent and that it is only one of maybe trillions of other solar systems in this enormous universe and that finally Homo sapiens sapien on beautiful extraordinary Earth will be able to look at the stars at night and think about their link to the consciousness of the universe, the consciousness of other beings, neutral, friendly, hostile just like Earth. And at that point, standing in the dark, 
looking up at the stars and knowing it's like this for millions and millions of light years. What could be more encompassing, enlarging of what humanity has before it than that experience? I wish it for us all. I wish all of you in the United States happy Thanksgiving tomorrow with protection and no one being killed anywhere by guns or knives. And to all of you in all of the other countries, thank you for coming to earthfiles.com. And that I feel an agape love pressure in my heart right now, thinking about all of you and all of the people that I know. We need to be on a planet in which truth is the guide. See you next week. for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. 
and visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. Thank <laughs> you.